Hi, how are you? Good. Thank you for joining the Splash of the Rain podcast. No problem. Thanks for the invite. It's, Thank you. It's Thank been you a while. For joining. It's been a while. No worries. I've been trying to connect for quite a while to get this done. I know COVID and everything got in our way last year, so better late than never. I know. Glad we're still here. You know, a lot of people yep. are not here. You know? <laughs> totally. So I know it has been about maybe 10 years or so that you and I have known each other. Um, yeah. And I know we met. Yeah, it's been, I know we met during sometime, someplace in the insurance industry. And I, <laughs> I figured at that time you were still trying to figure out, Rennie, like, what is it Rennie wants to do, where he wants to be? That's how I, if, if I was to speak about knowing you 10, 12 years ago, I think that's where you were. Like, you didn't yeah. have it figured out quite yet. But that was quite a while ago. Um, and I also remember during that time you had, your son was born during that. How old is your son now? My son actually is um, 13. He's a, a Oh my gosh, so that long. Yeah, 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 yeah. Even before, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's it's been a while. Yeah, how is he? Yeah. Tell me a little bit about him. Well, he's doing great now. Um, first, he was born actually premature, two pounds, 12 ounces. He was in the, um, the NICU for like an extra nine months. And now... Um, I didn't hear his voice for like the first two years of his life because he was straight, underweight, and now he won't shut up and he's healthy, <laughs> driving everybody crazy. He's really tall. He, he's tall. They said he was below the curve for height and weight, and now he's right. um he's five seven now and he's thirteen already. Yeah, he's five seven. You know, and he's thirteen. I mean, I you did post a picture of him, but okay, so he's actually taller than I am. Um, <laughs> You saw the picture. It, it was um, my dad was in the middle with all yeah. of two of us, and I'm six three, and my son is five seven, five eight, and my wow. dad's like really small. But I, I didn't get my height from none of my parents. They, it came from my grandparents. My two grandparents oh, wow. over six foot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Everybody else is pretty tiny. Yeah. That's good. But y'all do have the same heads. I remember I said that. You, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you did. You did. Yeah, everybody <laughs> was having a lot of jokes up. About that, at my expense, <laughs> as usual, I can't post anything in peace, man. Nothing. I do remember back then when you were back and forth to hospital and stuff with him. So I'm. It, it's amazing now. You know, it's a really good thing. I'm glad that he's he's good. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's getting a little more expensive as as each month goes by, but that comes with the territory, you know. <laughs> He's a teenager. What do you expect, I right? I know. He's not as bad as a lot of other teenagers I know in regards to right. requesting stuff. He will only request stuff if he sees somebody with it. And right. then he will kind of be like, uh, I think I won that. I'm like, all right, not a problem. <laughs> cool, cool. Hey, mm-hmm. it's, the, it's your one and only. So, you know, you can spoil yeah. him a little bit. Oh, you most definitely. Spoil. I'm the one that really spoils him. Yeah, yeah, no, that's cool. That's 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 cool. So mm-hmm. let's talk about you a little bit. Um, I know in the last couple of years you made some really big steps career-wise, uh, education-wise. Um, I know you went to one of them fancy schools upstate New York. <laughs> what was yeah, it? I did Cornell, Cornell University. I went to Cornell. Okay, so Cornell, what did you do over there? So I went there. I entered. I got into the master of public health program at Cornell. It was a pretty new program. So I, I always tell people I kind of stuck my way in there. 
Um, I was the second cohort ever in the program, and uh, the public health program at Cornell was the youngest was the youngest program in the schools mm. over a hundred and twenty five year history or something like that. They've been around for a while, so we were like the youngest program in the whole school. So nobody really knew about us. I literally found out about the program because I was doing research. And I kind of um, over-researched and didn't get the right info, but I still <laughs> made a phone call to the school and then explaining to the lady what I've done in the public health field. She's like, I think you should apply. And then I ended up getting into Cornell, NYU, uh, New York Medical, and Mount Sinai. And of course, I chose to go to Cornell. That, How, that what made you choose Cornell? Because the... Cornell Ivy League, you know, it's so funny that a lot of times we, a lot of times, especially we as Black folks don't really go after those kind of opportunities, you know? Right. So I actually, I've, in the field, I've made a lot of great relationships working in the public health field. Like I've had over almost 10 years of experience before I even touched Cornell in regards to public health. Right. And when I was reaching back to all the folks that who are heavy in academic world, academia, they was like, Cornell, because I was thinking of going to SUNY Downstate because I was working there at the time. Right. And the folks in the CUNY Downstate program were telling me to go to Cornell. So I was like, I, I guess I need to go to Cornell. And That's a no-brainer, right? Yeah, yeah. It's the fastest. The joke in the program at that time was I made the fastest deposit on, a, on the program than anybody else so far. <laughs> like, I paid that. Like, I got the letter today. I paid that two o'clock in the morning, you know what I mean? I did that shit so quick. I'm like, yes, I'm going to do this. And I did it. <laughs> and, you know, yeah. Cool. yeah. Mm-hmm. How long is that program? It's a two-year program. So I started in the fall of 2018. and But I, I had to extend it. I graduated in August and summer because I, I had a major injury um, spring 2020 and then covid hit and all that at the same time while riding my capstone. So I had to push right. it to the to the summer. At that point, you just want, you know, with COVID and everything, you just want to finish your program. You you you, right. you don't care. Like, you care about grades, but at that point, it's like everything is out the door. You just want to finish, finish, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just get your degree and just keep it moving. Mm-hmm. Oh, cool. Okay, so yeah, you did graduate in 2020. Yeah, yeah. The summer of 2020. August the 17th. Okay, yeah, that's I crazy. That. I, I got to I got to call I got to upstate New York Ithaca August seventeenth and gra- August eighteenth and graduated August seventeenth, which is crazy. oh wow. Yeah, I'm gonna play those numbers. <laughs> <laughs> right, I'm gonna play those numbers. No, that that's really really cool. So, what was your um, what was your degree at the end of graduation? So my degree was a master's in public health with a concentration in food systems um and the thing is i got into the it was two food systems and infectious disease but i got into the lady told me who recruited me tony tony Tabot, bless her heart love her to death she's doing big things <laughs> now um she said again your grades for infectious disease are not that great i was like okay and put me in food <laughs> systems but the thing is, a lot of what well, the thing is about food systems is a lot of people within the public health world don't really know what food systems really is. So I had to like really figure out how to maneuver that um, that concentration. But the thing okay. is, all public 
all public health folks get the same foundational training in epidemiology and things. But all my background in the public health field has, has been in disease control. So okay. even before COVID, I was doing contact tracing with, with STDs and all this other stuff. So I kind of framed it in the health equity aspect of everything in, okay. in regards to that. And that, that made it easier because food systems is about healthy eating, um, okay. the, the food, the, the cycle, the food system in regards to where people buy food and consume food and stuff like that. And the food and the supply chains, you know, we have a lot of stuff going on with the supply chains right um with all the boats and stuff like that so all that was part of my all that was part of my um my my degree and in my program so it was pretty it was pretty it was pretty good yeah mm -hmm. okay and quite extensive that's that's pretty cool yeah, yeah so and I, and I remember last year you know in the heat of covid what was it was it last year or 2020 i can't remember because i'm getting confused with the both, years, both years. Now. Both, both, but i remember you did have <laughs> you did have a lot to do with covid um, I remember yes. you, you posted several times with contact tracing and, you know, either meeting up with, with people or having to call them and, and oh stuff God, like that. Yes. So. yes. Um, I was a contact tracer. I got hired by New York city, um, to contact trace, like right after I was contact tracing at the same time I had a, uh, a really dope job at, um, John Hopkins university. Oh, wow. And so I would do John Hopkins at home remotely and then go contact tracing, which it shouldn't be how it was supposed to, but it kind of worked out like that. Um, okay. So within, so within contact tracing, I did over 500 home visits to COVID, COVID positive folks. Some of the times within the program, I was like, at some points from uh, uh, within the pandemic, folks were actually getting quarantined if they come from states with a high prevalence of, of COVID. So they will come right. here in quarantine and I would actually have to make visits to make sure they were at home. Um, oh wow. Interesting. Yeah. Um really I like I enjoy that type of work. I like the community engagement aspect of my job because a lot of people don't want to do that part of the job. So right. I concentrated on that from the get-go community engagement because I you know I I've always been like I have one of the strong points of me is dealing with different populations and different people. Right. But I recognize that how that is a strength working in the public health field. Sometimes it is and sometimes it's not, especially when when I would go into certain neighborhoods like um, heavy Jewish neighborhoods and I'm looked upon like, you know, who is this tall six foot three black? Right, right. And, um, <laughs> yeah, so it gets kind of it gets kind of dicey in that sense. But I right. love the work. I love doing the work. Um, I also worked at the testing sites where when the person comes and do a rapid, then if they are positive, the nurse delivered the results. And then I have to call them to get them set up with certain services and stuff like um, okay. hotels and food and stuff like that. Quarantine and stuff. That, it, yeah, yeah. It got really, that's where the fun part is because everybody had different excuses. Um, one of you actually, one of your, um, your country people actually, I call him <laughs> Grenadian guy. And he's and it was around Christmas, Christmas 2020. Uh -huh. I said to him, Sir, you need to quarantine for so and so date. He's like, So you're trying to tell me I'm gonna miss the birth of baby Jesus? I was <laughs> like, I said to him, Sir, I'm sure you could see it on YouTube. I'm sure you could see it online. Oh and then I, and you know, I mean, there's some days it's really fun, but some days it's really tough when you have to tell people they're positive and have to stay home from work and they can't provide it to their families and right. that was 
the impact was you could you saw that impact on mostly black and brown folks, like the Hispanic and black community. Right. And then I would call certain folks. One guy, I call him like, sir, you are positive. You need to quarantine. He's like, I'm at brunch right now. Um, what? So can I do this after? What? And yes, yes. And he was straight up positive. And I, I, I could only do so much, you know? Right. We as contact tracers, it's only so much we can do. We, our job is to tell, hey, tell people, help people, guide them and stuff like that. But they still have to do what they, they, they still have to, you know? They have to want to do um, it for themselves too. Right, right. People's help, a lot of, you know what I mean? Even though we, we tend to lean, we tend to say it's a government and stuff like that. Um, this, this virus has been driven by people's health behaviors. People wanting to go travel or people wanting to go, go sure. out into the public knowing that they're positive and stuff like that. And people just don't give a hell about by themselves and everybody True. else. So it's a little, it's a little different, difficult at times doing the job that we did. A lot of, a lot of us took, took heat, um, took a lot of heat in, 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 from certain people. I'm sure. like, it's, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So like, I'm, sure. I'm like the COVID encyclopedia for a lot of my friends and family. Now. So <laughs> I get the call. I get the call every day from, you know, well, well, you remember, like a few weeks ago, I posted something and I tagged you in it because I'm like, I yeah. need your feedback on this, you know, because it, it, it was really had to do with someone who was infected and wanted to be around other people who was infected. Yeah, and I just yeah. thought to me that was irresponsible. So no, I'm no, like, it, it, is. Yeah. it is, it is, you know what I mean? It is, but uh, you know what I mean? We, it's for this whole pandemic has been a, a constant reassessing of certain things. But I, I have to always remind people is to use your common sense. Early on, they were saying kids are not supposed to wear masks. Right. I was I was looking and I was telling people, have your kids wear masks. Because they were saying, okay, kids don't need to wear masks, but the kids are running around asymptomatic because they're young, they're strong, they're running around asymptomatic. Right. And they, they buy grandma's house and then they're coming in and messing with grandma and granddad. And then grandma right. and granddad are getting sick. I'll be honest with you, one of the things I look back and I can't even give a number is the fact that how, I, how many people I have been in contact with or called that are still with us. I think about that every single oh, wow. day. There's wow. a lot of people that I've made have contacted or may have called that are still not here, that are not yet to, not still not here, but are not, not here, here today. And, right. I, and I think about that all the time. Wow. We made thousands of phone calls and there's a possibility, wow. you know me, I deal with actuality i deal with straight up numbers and stuff right. like that like there's a possibility to have some of those people are not here today so that's something i think about all the time that's true yeah 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 mm-hmm. it's and true. it's still to this day still to this day it's going on because i currently i'm working for cdc at jfk and it's it's wild in the airport it's wild in the airport wow because because it's still we don't really have any restrictions on right local national travel but you know i mean we do fly we scan flights from abroad but the national is where it's really getting you know we could just walk on a plane and go to down south whatever right exactly Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah i i see that and then i think is i traveled to new york a few weeks ago and i think is while being in the airport or while just walking around the streets of Brooklyn or New York, I realized that I was not ready for that travel. Um, only yeah, because I had to ride did. the train or the bus, people were wearing their mask under their nose, under their chin, you yeah, know, and yeah. you know what the trains and buses and stuff is like. And it, 
there was a point where I'm like, I need to head back to where I just came from yeah, because yeah. I, I mentally mm-hmm. I knew I wasn't ready for that. Um, only because of what I saw, um, with how yeah. a lot of people there were some people who were tastefully wearing their mask, but then there was a mm-hmm. lot of them that get on a train and a bus, and I'm like, what's the use in putting the mask on and it's under your nose or under your chin? Yeah, yeah. But like I said, like a lot of people's health behaviors are not are what kind of driving a lot of a lot of the infections. You know, we right. always see a big bump around the holidays because people be like, "Oh, that's my family, that's my friend," and they come in. Right. You know, we having fun, and that's where it's been transmis- being transmitted. Now, you know, those are the big transmission points within the you know, from November to to New Year's Eve, you know, to New Year's Day. So it, wow. it ha- always has been happening for the last three years, and. I don't see why people are looking at, some people are not looking at those trends, but I, I have to, like, I live in that world. Like, right. I know what's going to happen. And I tell people, no much for, I've gotten more phone calls from family and friends now than when I was actually a contact tracer. That's wow. the crazy part to me. That's the wow. crazy part. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I feel like, I, I feel like I'm in a, I posted a video about Mario and this one stage of Mario, we have to dodge all these lasers. I've been doing them dodging lasers for the past two years. <laughs> Knock on wood, I haven't oh, gone. Actually, you know I mean? did see that. I remember it. Yeah, yeah I did you know, see that. You know what I mean? That's yeah, like it's... 2021. I've been doing this since 2020. You know what I mean? 2020. And I've, I've been in the field, so. And we're in 22 when it's still happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and there was a crazy part about this pandemic. Public health professionals are making bank. Health professionals are making so much money right wow. now. And. I've made more money in the last two years than I've made in the last six to seven years. Wow. Like, that's to show you how crazy it is. And it the is. nurses, they're doing their thing. They, how are we saying it? They're eating. Nurses, MPs, <laughs> if you're really doing vaccinations and you're doing COVID, they are eating right now. And wow. it is what it is. You got to pay. You got to pay. You have I know. To pay. Because, you know I mean, what you guys are out there doing is some serious stuff. Like, you're literally putting your lives on the line. So... Yeah, I mean, why not get comp- fairly compensated for it? I, yeah. I'm done with that. I'll be totally. walking through the airport with full PPE on, masks, yeah. gloves, face shield, head covering, a whole white, um, a whole gown suit. Right. I walked up into somewhere and people's like, "What's going on?" But people <laughs> see you walking with a whole hazmat suit on and nobody's gonna move. Like, oh yeah, they, they, you know New Yorkers. It's like right, they right. might follow you. Like, let's follow right. this guy. Where's he going? What's going? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's crazy. I'll be the first to say the system. The system has not been perfect in regards to getting everything ready for for COVID. And the system hasn't been perfect. We've seen a lot of pitfalls. I'm not going to really touch on the, the right, part, right. but the system mm-hmm. has not been perfect. But we have done a, a, a the the whole test and trace core and. Right. People making the phone calls, people making the visits. We have done a really great job. We've been out there. Have some days I'm making 15 visits. And if you know Brooklyn, I'm going from Flatbush to East Flatbush. 11203 is one big zip code. You might end up close to like Canarsie <laughs> if you go into 11203. Right. And sometimes it's ridiculous. Sometimes yeah, you're yeah. lucky. You might get six people in one building, which is kind of scary. Right. You know, oh but we live for stuff. I'm like, oh, all these people in one building. That means you're gonna have a shorter day. But right. yeah, it yeah, a lot of mm-hmm. a lot of a lot of. I put up a lot of miles. If I was in like a step challenge, I would win every like last <laughs> summer. I would have definitely. I would have definitely oh won. Oh my gosh! 
Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I hope. I just. I can only hope. We can only hope that we can get a handle on it too. But now it's it's just still going crazy. So, I mean, I've resorted. I think after being in New York and then like the whole holidays, I've been stuck indoors. I didn't catch mm. COVID, but I think I got some kind of cold or flu or something yeah. while I was here. So I've just resorted to just staying inside, go to the grocery, and that's it. Mm. Like. You know, there's not much yeah. I do in Texas other than, you know, work, go to the grocery, yeah, come yeah. back. Uh, I, just because it's spreading out there now, I just resorted to, I'm just going to stay at home. Um, <laughs> and that not, way I'm going to Which is not a bad idea. Which is not a bad idea. I am a city employee again, working for doing um, employee wellness. I'm employee wellness coordinator for ACS. And as a New York City employee, I actually have to go in. So everybody's oh, wow. going in now we all have to go to work and i literally sit by my desk holding in a cough and you, <laughs> i have to hold in i said the other day i had to i have to hold in this cough it's like i'm holding like i need to use the bathroom and it's on the other right, side right. of Brooklyn. i have to hold in because if i start coughing people are gonna look at me crazy I, know. I get tested i get tested a lot like i try to like go every two weeks or every week the last right. between christmas and this week i've been tested like Till New Year's, I was tested a lot, a lot. Wow. I was getting tested because it was like it's been crazy in the office. It's been crazy everywhere, so I've been tested a lot. Mm-hmm. Wow, I actually don't like the um, I don't like sticking that stuff up my nose. Nobody so likes it. Who likes that? I, I don't, and and I think that's kind of the reason why I was like, you know, I'm just gonna lay low a lot more <laughs> than I did before because I don't want to have to really yeah. have to go get tested. So it's yeah, it's, it's kinda... so crazy because I remember I, I went to CDMD earlier on and I and everybody's scared to get tested. It's like really some people make the experiences experience really tough. Mm-hmm. And this, the doctor told me to lean my head back and tilt it to the left. And I felt <laughs> like that thing went all the way to my all to my brain. brain. But now <laughs> yeah. they just swab on the, the outside, really, really on the inside of your nostrils, but Jesus Christ, like wow. Yeah. Like when yeah, we, it's so funny. Remember we had a testing site and we hear a nurse that does the swab and she's great. Everybody's going to that one nurse. Oh. <laughs> like, right? Oh yeah, we're gonna go to that nurse. Um, you're the right now. Oh my god. So I know, you know, like I see you would post something about an accomplishment or a great job interview or something that you had. And I know there's a lot of people out there who are celebrating you, happy for you, friends and family, but there's nothing like that feeling that you get, right? When you sit back and you just look at, you know, where you've been, say 10, 15 years ago and where you are today. I mean, to me, that's kind of like an indescribable feeling. Like, what is that for you? That feeling of accomplishment, like you're, you're wow. finally doing something that you love and you're making money and you're happy about it. What is that feeling like for you? Wow, it's indescribable because I've had a lot of, you know, you just to bring it back, you mentioned about being in insurance. Like mm-hmm. I didn't like, I thought insurance was it for me. I thought that was it. I was going to get my CPCU. I was going to do everything. I literally started in insurance, like being a file clerk and end up being people's, end up being a no-fault claims manager. Like, <laughs> and the same folks that were sending me for files, now I'm their manager. And some of them didn't really take that too well. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I started school at BMCC and I remember getting that check and went shopping and never went back to school. 
And not knowing that, I only went to my remedial class, my remedial English class, I passed that, and I got an F in all my four classes, and I never went back to school. So my GPA was zero. So when I, I just continued with the insurance thing because, oh, I'm getting promoted. Right. And then I become an examiner. I knew everything. I knew everything about no fault. I knew everything about property damage. I knew everything about body injury. But I wasn't even an examiner yet. I was just a, a file clerk. I, you right. know, it was easy. Just read with insurance. All you got to do is read mm-hmm. and just, just keep in information. Retain, right. Retain yeah. information. But it's one thing about the insurance job. It's so much. It's the same thing over and over. You get ready to mm-hmm. see another bunch comes. And then I went to this company, became a claims manager. I was actually going to work at 7 a.m. in the morning and leaving that job at 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock wow. at night. It was really bad. It was really bad. There was no work-life balance. I was, like, drinking a bottle of red wine to go to sleep. It was, like, <laughs> really, it's, you know what I mean? It's not what you would think it was the perfect job. You right. know, I was, yeah. like, at that time years ago, we making, like, I'm making, like, 50000 $60,000. i am thinking I'm on top of the world. Right. You know, making that money. But then... I got laid off, but when you get laid off, you don't have a degree. It's tough for you to get a job because now the market was crashing and I was just bouncing all over the place. And then, right. boom, I get, I get somebody pregnant. I'm like, ah. <laughs> and yeah, and, and basically, I literally got one job, went to another job as a, a, file, as a claims, a no for claims adjuster because I, I didn't have a car to go all the way out to Long Island. Mm-hmm. But then that job was so stressful. And then I was like, yo, I can't do this anymore. I left the job saying that I had another job. It was so stressful. I just <laughs> left it. Didn't even think about a second job, whatever. And then your boy started really struggling. Right. And then, to be honest, your friend of mine was going to Bronx Community College. And she was like, yo, I'm killing it here. It's a 4.0. I'm, a, I'm like 4.0. I'm like, yo, if she could kill it. No, no offense, but if she could kill it, right. I could definitely kill it. And I end up going back to um, school at 33 at Bronx Community College. Um, and I wanted to be, my first major was international affairs. Hmm. You know what I mean? I wanted to be like James Vaughn and, and, and stuff like that. <laughs> no, dead I'm this is straight. Like, I tell this story all the time. Like, I wanted to wow. be like that kind of international affairs, whatever. Right, uh, diplomatic, diplomatic, whatever. And then my first semester, I was killing it in my. I learned a lot of things in my first semester back in school. And one of the things was, you, I was in my health class and I was killing it, killing it. I was like, this is easy, but yet <laughs> she offered she offered extra credit. But I think and I was on top of the world. I was cruising and I didn't take the extra credit. And even though I was loving that class, I didn't take the extra credit. I kind of got ended up getting a B in that class. And, but I also chose, I said, you know what? I want to be in health. And I started doing my research more and more and more. And I started doing my research. I'm like, All right, I'm going to do, do public health for my life. This is what I want to do. I'm about to right. get paid to help people. And next semester I went to her. She's like, oh my God, a black, we need more black men. I was like, that's when I started realizing certain things. And I started doing my research. There's not a lot of men in the public health field. Right. First thing, not a lot of black men in the public health field. Third thing, not a lot of uh not a lot of men with the background that I have from the Caribbean living in certain mm-hmm. areas mm-hmm. where we call the hood and the projects that's 
prominent in the public health field. True. I was also when after that first semester, I was like, you know what, second semester is going to be lit. End up losing my place in Harlem. In between, actually, next week, this week coming up here is actually going to be a year from when I lose uh, ten years to the day, whatever that I lost my place in Harlem. I think it's on January, right, right around my birthday week. Oh wow! I ended up being homeless. I lost my apartment. Lost my multiple storages. Um, I had to go dig out all my textbooks from my old apartment, and like they were already like they kicked me out today. They were already doing construction on my apartment. To, oh wow! Um, yeah, I had to like my bedroom was the dump room, so I had to go dig everything out. And the super was like, you could put it in the basement, put all my stuff in the basement. The rats ate all of my stuff out in the basement. I'm coming back. You know the big. <laughs> You, I'm telling you straight up. You know them big CPCU textbooks we had. You used to yeah, study for for yeah. that CPCU. The rats um, ate half of that book. It was crazy. I'm like, how do you eat that textbook? Wow. But I still, I did a, I did a, a winter class at the same time going through all of that. And I said to myself, this is going to be my ticket out. I ended up right. getting jobs working for like FAO Schwartz and Nike, and I stuck with it during everything, dealing with Jared, and then. My final straw with going from because I went moved back to Brooklyn. My final straw was getting caught up with a seven a.m. class on a Sunday. Ooh, do speech, speech, Ooh. a speech class <laughs> at seven a.m. on a Sunday with a Jamaican professor. Bumble plot. <laughs> I said I need to move to. I need to find a school in Brooklyn. I love him to death. Yo, I love him to death. And to this day, if I see him, I go to the Bronx, I go back to the school, I'll go search him out. I had some really, I had some teachers that really put me in my place to where I really needed to be going forward. Right. And he's one of the people that really helped me. But Bronx Community College, I owe a debt of everything to them because they really set me up for success. That's awesome. A lot of people shit on that school because it's in the Bronx. It's a community college. But let me tell you. I could call like I could go up in that school and go to walk into a classroom and stop the class, and I've done it just to give the professor a hug. Thank you guys. Right. You could stop back out, and I wouldn't get in no trouble. Right. Um, my English professor, she one day my son was in a hospital while doing an English final, and she said to me, "I walked out of the class. I did like a page, and she ran after me. She's like, what's wrong?' I was like, my son's in a hospital.' She's like, "Okay, I'm gonna give you an incomplete so you could finish.' My bio professor." He was Trini and Nigerian. I messed up on a test and he said, go to Brooklyn and get me a roti. Like he screamed <laughs> at me like on some like go to Brooklyn and get me a roti. His mom was Trini, his dad was Nigerian. Oh and my gosh. All the pr- professors in the health department, because I actually go back to that school and right. teach a public health career class practically That's every awesome. semester. I get back. I go back to all the schools I went to and give back. Even when I was at Cornell, I was actually teaching a population health class at Cornell. Wow. A lot of people don't know that. And then I went to Kingsborough. I transferred to Kingsborough. The same thing I did at um, Brooklyn um, Bronx Community College. I did at Kingsborough. Right. Graduated from there. I graduated at Kingsborough at 2.5. I left. Wow. Like, it was tough. That for Jared was going through what he needed to go through. Growing, right. You know what I mean? His relationship, my relationship with his mom wasn't great at that time. So it was a lot of stresses. Right. I just needed to get out of there. And then end up at Brooklyn College. He and uh, him and his mom ended up moving down to North Carolina. So I was able to like 
get breathing room to actually finish up my studies and then right, right. I, I was I, I literally was actually teaching the same class I taught at Bronx and talk at Kingsborough community at Brooklyn and one day I'm doing a class and people in the class are like bro you sit next to me in class and I don't know you doing all of this right now like wow. I really try to how the thing is in the insurance business how we look at networking in a certain way with how the the, the IME people would network with the adjusters to get the cases right. and stuff like that I yeah. started doing that and to be able to get internships and stuff like that. So I was just, I was doing all these internships, didn't know what I wanted to do in public health. I know I wanted to be in public health. Right. Didn't know what I wanted to do. I had some really shitty public health jobs. I'm not going to go into where I worked at, but it was right. bad. Um, people didn't know what, um, how to deal with certain stuff. So I made some home visits uh, pro- in, in a program on time where we were trying to get people to stop using the ER and just use their regular doctors. Mm-hmm. And I made two, I made visits and one person died right in front of me. And Ooh, I looked at them like, so I came back to work and said, like, how do you deal with that? And they didn't know how, to, and pe- these are people working in the social services field. And right. they were like, oh, you just, you just get numb to it. And I'm saying to myself, I don't think that's the way for you to deal with something like that. Right. So one of the reasons that kind of pushed me to the employee wellness part is because of that. Like okay. going over the years, all the jobs that I've worked at where people employ wellness is looked down upon is either you get right. to work, if you're sick or dying, you get to work. You got to do your work. Like right. that's so, and now we're dealing with all the Black Lives Matter stuff and uh-huh, you know, just uh-huh. like mental stress on you is like so crazy. So, so crazy. But I say all of that to say like, yes, looking back sometimes, I don't do mm-hmm. it a lot. I don't get a chance to, to look sit back. down. Mm-hmm. and really look back and be like yo i did my thing yeah i know it for a fact going forward people like i, I said to myself like you know the thing is we as immigrants we can't afford to fail because we basically have our families our village true our whole country on our backs on like, back. we, we, you know what i'm saying I can't go back. I can't call my mom or my cousins and be like, yo, I dropped out of school. Like, right. nah, you, nah. Like, yeah. you're going to be looked down <laughs> upon. Like, and that's a, that's a lot of things, like, you know what I mean? Especially being a, a, a non-Black American, like Afro-Caribbean, you know, that that in, entails a whole nother bunch of stuff you have to yeah. deal with. You have to go even twice as long. Yeah. Because yeah. I remember when I went to Cornell, I went, I'm like, oh my God, first black party. I'm going to meet all the black grad students. There's not a lot right. of us. And the person <laughs> looks at me and I was like, yeah, I'm from Trinidad, blah, 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 blah. And he looks at me, he's like, another Caribbean person? Oh, wow. I was like, that's wow. how we're going to start this off? <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? So it, 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 like I said, that's a whole nother story for another day. But yes, it's it was tough, and I don't really get to look back a lot. Right. You know, when I look back, when when I'm in interviews, I, I retrospect. I look back and say, "Oh wow, I really killed that interview." And right. my interviews now are so different because they don't know what questions to ask me because I've worked everywhere and have enough. I I just have enough experience that I've right. worked everywhere. Like one, I just had a contract annual with New Jersey Department of Health. I'm in the interview, and she looked at me. She's like wow, this is going to be a really weird interview. I was like, how so? You should have, all the questions I want to ask you, you already did all the work already. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? But you know, you know that you get them in the interview. That I was like, yeah, this job is oh, mine. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, I, I'm in an interview. I could see if this job is mine or not. I, I literally 
was in an interview. It's rare I'm in an interview and get caught out there. I was in an interview and got caught out there, and I was like, right. "Yeah, I'm not going to get this job. I'm not." Right. Like I really fumbled the bag with on that one. But, once it's done, right? Yeah, That's but you you're gonna, you know, what I mean, what's <laughs> gonna come to you is gonna come to you. I tell people, don't rush it. Right. I mean, stuff happens for a reason. You know, what I mean, I mm-hmm. lost a lot of big opportunities, but now I've gotten a lot of bigger opportunities. Like. For instance, in my current role, I'm a level two city research scientist. And in, in New York City, that's huge. Right. I couldn't even touch a CRS one, a level one position. I've been like applying for jobs, not getting in. I get this mm-hmm. job as it was funded. Somebody left and it's like, hey, Rennie, here's this job. We're going to give it to you. I was like, word? And when I looked <laughs> at the job, it was a level two. I was like, when do you need this paperwork by? I'll send it to you, <laughs> right? Now, because I'm always interviewing and getting jobs, so all my paperwork is practically ready in a PDF right. document ready. So right. it's like, yeah, I'll take this job immediately. Just sign me up. So like something yeah. like I've lost on a lot of great opportunities. Like I was, especially in grad school where you're applying for jobs and you're like, you're thinking to yourself, oh yeah, I have, a, I have an Ivy League degree. I'm definitely going to get a job easy. But people are all the times don't realize you still have to have some kind of experience. Experience, still. exactly. Yeah. Still True. have to have some learning too. And I don't even have my insurance experience on my LinkedIn or on my resume. Because right now my resume is as at two pages right now. Like we don't need I that on there no more though. <laughs> I know, right? But, so it comes in handy. It will come in handy in certain spaces. Um, in, in certain spaces, it comes in handy. In certain spaces, mm-hmm. it does come in handy. Yeah, you know. But yeah, I don't really don't. I don't really don't need that anymore. I yeah, don't you, you don't need that yeah. on there. <laughs> no, I don't. You're, you're I don't. far exceeded that. No, that's that's really cool. Um, and like I say, I remember a lot of it from that would have been like two thousand seven or six five or something. So to where you've been then to where you are now. And maybe like you said, you don't find a lot of time to just sit back and look at your accomplishments, but I see it sometimes in your post and I see how proud you are of yourself and how far you've come. So we see that. Um, we see that. Yeah, and I'm so you know what it is though? I, I have a lot of people looking up to me and I don't see, I don't talk about that a lot, but mm-hmm. I mentor a lot of students. I've met each time I go to a classroom and I do a presentation, I'm coming out of there mentoring like five to 10 students who right. hit me up. I have all these, my network on LinkedIn is like over 3,000, almost 4,000 or more. And so I was like, if I can't answer it, I will f- find somebody to answer right. it for you. You know what I mean? I'm always putting somebody on. I'm always better than some, my resume guy. He's the bomb. I've done had him do everybody's resume and everybody's oh LinkedIn and stuff like that. He does such a great job like that. That's my, it's to a point now, like when I get a, I'll get a, 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 um, a Starbucks gift card in the mail. I know who it's coming from. Well, and right. it's going to be cause of hate. Cause I already, I was like, yo, you need to see my resume guy. He does. And then people be like, Oh my God, he's expensive. And then two weeks later, they're calling me crying. <laughs> two weeks later, they're calling me crying. Like, Oh my God, this is the best resume wow. in my life. Yeah. He's done. I just, put, I just put somebody on the other day and you know, um, they were go, really going through a hard time. And I know a mm-hmm. lot of people that has helped. A lot of people have helped me. And she's one of my and one of my folks, and right. she was going through a really hard time. And I called him, and he's like, "All right, I'm a I'm gonna get a discount." I was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna pay for everything. Just okay. let her." You know what I mean? You got right. if you don't I, help I people. I don't need to go for a resume. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like if 
Because you don't help people. Like, I always, I'm, karma is big with me, good and bad karma. Like, it always right. comes back tenfold, regardless. I'll have, to, I could, True. you know, I mean, there's a list of people I've helped and they're all winning right now. And I have mm-hmm. no problem doing stuff for people. And that, I just want you to, to push that same kind of energy to someone else, exactly. somebody else. And, and like, that's help somebody it. else win. That's cool yeah, because that's- that would have been, that was actually my next question I was going to say. Um, you know, like I, I really asked you to come on here because not because I just want to be nosy and find out what's going on in your life, but <laughs> but more importantly to find out. So, you know, it's for someone else out there to listen to my podcast, hear your journey and fail to inspire someone. So and, and my next question was going to be like, what advice would you give to, you know, the younger kids, the younger Rennie today, like the 22 and 25 year olds who are still trying to figure it out. But then you said that you do mentor a lot of kids. So that's good. That because that would have been my question. Like, what what advice would you give to that 25 year old today who's still trying to juggle it? Like, hey, I have a young kid I'm trying to work. I got to pay for my apartment. I have school. Like, yeah, actually, it's not even I wouldn't even give them advice. I would give the people around them the advice. I was actually, I went, Spike Lee came to Cornell one day and he said the big, somebody asked him a question and he has answered, and it was in regards to like what you would tell somebody to do or do this mm-hmm. or whatever. And he said, I would actually tell the parents to not to blow up their dream, their kids' dreams. Friends, friends and family have a big impact, even though some of them wow. wouldn't say anything and, mm-hmm. and some of them do, some of them would say something or some of them would not say something, um, they have a big impact on us in, in regard to, and in regard to what, in our dreams and stuff like that. Right. Money right. will, oh, I know I mean, for me like, oh my God, people, a lot of people didn't know what's public health until COVID hit, like literally. Right. To be honest, nobody didn't know what's public True. health. True, and mental health but, too. We didn't talk about mental right, health right. a lot then too. The BLM, of course, mental health, it, it, it goes hand in hand with everything. Like a lot of people that are dealing with COVID are dealing with, you know, the mental health aspect of it, where I mm-hmm. even did a job with that too. And we'll talk about it another time. But we we tend to blow up other people's dreams. I used to have, another thing though, I used to be always trying to get people to go to school. And not everybody's built for school. Not right. everybody's built for school. You know, it's so funny. I, it, it, nobody would, nobody could have seen me going to Cornell. Nobody, nobody, I didn't even see it. You know what I'm saying? Right. Nobody saw it. I always had that geek gene in me, but when nobody saw it, I didn't even see it. Right. But I always said to people, you can, you end up putting a hustler inside a Cornell. And I go in there and I started wheeling and dealing like if I'm on the street corner hanging out <laughs> with the homies. And, and I, I came out of Cornell working with 10 programs at Cornell. Like wow. if you go to certain departments and say, hey, Rennie said, blah, 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 blah. Oh, yeah. I know who that they is. Know. Like, yeah. Right. Yeah. So I always, when folks look at me, like a lot of people don't look, a lot of people only see the Cornell part. They don't mm-hmm. see the Bronx Community College, Kingsborough right. Community College, Brooklyn like, College. Everything else the, that brought you yeah, up to there. Yeah. One, one definitely thing I would say, try not to drop classes. I was dropping classes like, oh my God. <laughs> At one semester, I dropped, out of four classes, I dropped three of them. It was bad. Like I was, and that delayed me. That's a whole semester work. I just right. put myself more money and whatever. Yeah. True. We're not, we all, we all, all of us are not going to get it. All of us are not going to go straight from junior high to high school, from high school to college, college, college to a master's, doctoral program. 
you know what I mean? We're not going to, all of us are not going to go around. Sometimes we just need time to develop mentally. Like I literally bullshitted from in my twenties and then went back to school all the way to 33. I right. wouldn't say try to cut down that bullshitting part for a lot of years. Like, that. Right. like but there are always, especially in the black community, there are always people that are willing to help, and there are always people that are willing to 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 keep your dream down. You know what I mean? I when I was really struggling, Lorraine, like I had to I had days when I had to choose between sending sending money to my son, buying food, and I've asked, you know what I mean. Years ago, it's within a 10-year period, I would have to ask the bus driver to get on the bus. I would have to stand by the, the turnstile to get people to swipe me in. Swipe I would in. jump wow. the turnstile, go through the back door. Like, I did all of that shit. Like, right. it was embarrassing. And I'm in my 30s here. As a grown man, it is kind of embarrassing getting a job at $9 an hour. I, mm-hmm. I, I took a $9 an hour job over a job at Barney's where I would have been making like over a thousand dollars a week because it was better for my career. You know right. what I'm saying? This is before the $15 hour thing. Right. But I right. recognize the big, a lot of us don't recognize the bigger picture. We want to chase that bag. That money. Yes. Yep. Possible. Yes. Right. A lot of us get it, but then a lot of us get it er- quickly. Like all the PPP loans that were handing out, but now everybody's <laughs> going to prison. You know, right. I, mean, I was working those 80 hours. I was working 80 hours a week. Latin in 2021, 2020, and people were eating off of them PPE. PPE oh, loans, yeah. But oh, yeah. a lot of them are in prison right now. You know what I mean? I'm all about hustling. Now. I've been there. I did the whole drug thing. I've been all of that shit. I've hustled. You know what I mean? I did my right. little sneaker hustle on the side. I've done all of that shit. I, you know what I mean? I could, I could survive. Like, I could You're a survive. survivor. That's, right. That's but, and they're putting a survivor inside a corner where everybody's like, just going getting the way through now a lot of people come across now like 2.5 degrees that have an wow. ivy league degree you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. a lot of, just because you're an ivy league person don't mean you're messing up in school a lot of people fucked up at cornell fucked up and messed up right. in school big time you know what i mean especially in the undergrad undergrad is hard you come at a, these undergraduates to make me look stupid like they are smart like they will definitely build a rocket in their bedroom like in their room like they were smart they were so smart. Like I, I uh, coming onto my last year at Cornell, I actually started doing masters and undergrad. They have those mixed classes, and I learned so much from these young guys. I have I'm more mature than all of them, but they their knowledge in certain things are like crazy. crazy. A lot of them are leaving four years, four years with a bachelor's degree, getting paid six figures. Wow. A lot of them work their butts off, and a lot of them, mommy and daddy have the multi-million dollar company. Right. I bet. But all in all, just be a good person. Like, all in, just don't be a dick. Like, right. Be a good person. Just all in all, like, people like good people. Like, just be a good person, man. Like, I, I, I believe that. Just be that. kind to of people. You black, white, whoever is. Just be a right. straight up good person, good and person. you can get anything you want. People will people recognize that more. Like me telling people good morning. Actually, me telling somebody good morning and hi, how you doing on a daily basis even though they weren't saying it back to me, actually got me a job one time. Oh, wow. I remember you, because we all have the same qualifications, but a lot of times these jobs are looking for fit. How does this person right. fit into the dynamic? Something that stands oh, out. Right. right. And that's actually how I got the job at Johns Hopkins. The dynamic, I knew it had better people with better qualifications than me. I said that to them, but the dynamic of me being within the group 
fit, you know what I mean? Just being right. an all-around good person, it goes a long, long way. way. And that's what we don't realize when we first trying to get stuff, return people mm-hmm. phone calls, return people, send people their emails back. Like little simple shit like that will right. take you a long way. Right. Yeah. I, I believe that. Well, listen, this was good. So you know what? Before we wrap up, I had to ask you, because I remember it was 2020 when you didn't know how to heat up a roti skin in the microwave. Oh, my God. Yeah. Have you that, was, that actually, oh, my God. Have you now figured I'm that good. out yet? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. It was the roti good? skin, and then a few months. I'll go give you a, a little tutorial later. right now. Like uh, a, few months, a few months later was the pastel. <laughs> I was like, damn, I forgot to do this shit too. I got it though. I got it. I got it. No, I'm good. I'm good on the roti skin. I cu- my DMs were oh, popping that day on the roti skin. It was popping. <laughs> uh, all the old Caribbean heads were getting at me. I know. <laughs> we're like, what? And you, Trini, and you asking us what? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. It was one of those things where I was like, hmm, I fuck up. I, yeah. And I was like my fuck up of the year for that that pretty skin. <laughs> yeah, I'm good. Now nah, hear me that hear me Trini skin, roti skin. It roti was fine. Skin. I'm good. Uh, <laughs> I can Literally. eat it really well though. I can eat it really well. I can eat it well. I'm you know, sure. So. You gotta heat it up though. <laughs> <laughs> Even my sister, my sister was getting at me for weeks, yo. I was like, oh yo, you God. done? You done? Yeah. Like, come on, come on. <laughs> That's hilarious. But yeah, listen. even even though even though um Trinidad has a better um oil dong than Grenada, but I'm gonna leave that right okay, there. Okay, you know what? You is, <laughs> you're running out of time, so we're not wait, wait, you serious? That's the way. <laughs> no. That's <laughs> Did you just say that? It's the easiest way to get a Grenadian oh man. No, you lucky the battery on my phone is dying, so we can't talk no more. Oh god. You can't, oh, I can't even believe you just said that. But yeah, um, one day, Thank one you. day, I'm going to show you what a real oil down looks like. I'm one day. Oh, it's going to happen one day. I'm going to show you what a real oil down looks like. But listen, though, Renny, I appreciate you taking the time to come on um, to share your journey. Um, again, you. I know just once I release this episode, people, somebody out there would be inspired by just listening to your story of where you've been, where you come, how much you've accomplished. Um the good advice that you share. So again, thank you. Keep up the good work um, that uh, you're doing. Thank you again, thanks yeah. for the invite. Thanks. Chat soon. All right. All right. All later. Right.